This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst. It's the Draft Act NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA Draft Podcast feed. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I am here as always with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's going on, man? all is good all is good all is well excited to be back um i'm i don't even know what i'm saying Corey. i'm just ready to rock um i feel things are getting busier and busier um in a good way of course um but i just feel like a lot is going on and there's a lot for us to do but um now's the time to lock in and to keep pushing so exciting times Very exciting times in the world of basketball. We have the NBA playoffs. We have draft season. The lottery order is set. Um, We have a lot of prospects to cover and a little time to do it. So let's not waste any more time here. Let's get into uh, the player that we are covering today, which is Mr. Anthony Black, Arkansas guard, uh, 19.4 years old on draft night. He measured in at about 6'7 in shoes, 185 pounds with a reported 6'7 and a half inch wingspan, um, averaged 12.8 points per game in 34.9 minutes per game, 5.1 rebounds, 3.9 assists to three turnovers, 2.1 steals, uh, and 0.6 blocks. Shot 45.3% from the floor, 30.1% from three on 2.6 three-point attempts per game, 70.5% from the free throw line on 5.3 free throw attempts per game. Uh, True shooting percentage of 54.9, PER 17.2, BPM of 6.7. Preseason stock price, ESPN had him at 15. SB Nation had him at 10. Basketball News at 14. The Athletic at 16. Tankathon at 11. No ceilings at 11. Sports Illustrated at 16. Average price of 13.3 came in at 14th on the draft act IPO. Currently ESPN has mid eight. Um, the athletic had him at eight tankathon at eight bleacher report at nine, the ringer at six, no ceilings had him at 10 and switch three at eight on uh, average stock price at 8.1 came in at eight on the April draft act update. So uh, his stock price has risen throughout the season. Um, and um that leads me to my next question, Albert, which is, as always, is Anthony Black, uh, Anthony Black stock priced too high, too low, or is it just right? Um, <clears throat> if he's right around eight, then I'm going to say that his stock price is just right. 
Um, the reason why is I have him at nine. So mm-hmm. for him to be at eight overall, um, in, in terms of an average, that makes sense to me. Um, he's a guy that, as you've mentioned, um, he has risen up a lot of boards and uh, is gaining a lot of popularity. We're going to talk about why, break down his game, talk about the nitty gritty. But um, him being at eight point whatever feels just right to me. And I think I actually think he might go in that range. So I'm pretty happy with it. I I have him at eight. So, uh, you know, I agree. I think that it's just right. Um I could see him going in this range at eight as well. I mean, obviously the Washington wizards are a team that he's going to be linked to just because I think he fits so well next to a Bradley Beal. Um, and that's a team, you know, that needs that kind of lead guard to organize things. So, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be linked there. I could also see him going earlier and, you know, shout out to, um, friend of the program Jeremy Wu who came on this show earlier in the draft cycle and had him going I believe third at the time you know it was really high it was really high and um yeah I think it got I don't know about the whole draft world in general I don't know if it got them thinking but I think it got us thinking right uh because you know his reasoning was kind of like six seven guard gets downhill plus positional size feel versatility on both ends. And basically he does a lot of similar things to a guy like Amen Thompson, who's been linked to number three for a while as well. I know, you know, the, the consensus thinking is Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. We know weird things happen on draft night. Um, So that leads us into this next segment of ours that we do. And if you had $10 to invest in Anthony black, Amen Thompson and case in Wallace, how would you invest your $10? Wow. Okay. Um, this is a good one. I, the case in Wallace is a little bit of a curveball, Corey, but mm. you're good at that. Um, Clayton Kershaw. Okay. Um, <laughs> on my board, I have Anthony Black at nine, Kaysen Wallace at 12. Um, and Thompson ended up at 17, actually. Okay. Now, uh, look, I, I ah, man, recently, you know, Corey, can, can I just say recently, I've been talking about my board. And as I look at my board, I feel like I can be a little controversial with some where I place some guys. But I, I just want to say for our listeners out there, there is not even an ounce uh, in me that wants to be like hot takey at all. Like I genuinely feel good about where I've placed these guys so far. So I want to throw that out there. Um, in terms of my $10, we'll do this. Um, I'm going to give. I just have to kind of go off of my board and how I did things here. Um, I'll go into the quarter system t- today. Uh, I'm going to do 550 to Anthony Black. Jesus. Okay, 550 to Anthony Black. 250 to Case and Wallace. And $2 to Amon Thompson. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with 5 to Ant Black. And then I'm going to split the 250 between Amen and Kaysen. And look, I, I I know that you're not a hot takey guy. I I think if um if you had listened to you know our pods in the preseason, you'd know that we've been skeptical um of I guess the high rankings 
Um, I have him a little bit higher than than you do. Uh, but I'm skeptical of Ahmed. I've, he's a guy I've seen up close a bunch of times. Uh, I saw him at a pro day. I've seen him play an actual gameplay. We've watched all of the film. The OTE stuff is, you know, it, it's hard to evaluate in a lot of ways because it is not just new, but the level of competition, um, it's really hard. And I think you can make you know, uh, make it all negative and say like, oh, they're a little bit older against this competition, but then also they're playing with younger guys, which is going to make them, you know, not look as good in certain ways too. So I think that um, you can go either way there, but ultimately I think Ant Black offers a lot of the same things that Amen does. I think he's an underrated athlete. Um, You know, if you run a BART query uh, for guys who kind of get downhill and, and make plays uh, assist percentage over 20 free throw rate 50 dunks made 20 freshman. You got Ben Simmons, John wall, Anthony black, you know, that's uh, you could look at, you know, Ben Simmons now and John wall now and say that that list, but those guys, when they were young and coming out, like those guys, um, they, they were really good players yeah. in their prime, you know, all-star all NBA level guys. Now uh, I don't think Ant, Ant Black is necessarily on their level. It's why I don't have them at the, the top of the draft, but he, there's a lot of similarities. So yeah. I, I think he's an interesting guy. And if you want to go the safer route, because you maybe don't trust Amen's shot as much as maybe you buy the four more on Ant Black shot. I think he's he offers a lot of similar things, but he's just a, a tiny bit safer. And and if he's at eight, you know, I you can make an argument that Amen could be lower. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So let's get into uh, the scattering report. And I think with Anthony Black, the, the place that you want to start with him is probably the playmaking, right? Like this is what he's known for. He is just a, a really, really smooth playmaker, um, has really great feel on the court. So I think we have to start there. That sounds great. I I was kind of a small part of me was expecting maybe a curveball and you being <laughs> like, let's start with the shooting. And then um, this would have been a really interesting sounding pod. Um, but I'm with you, Corey. Okay, P- passing, great place to start. Um, before we even get into the passing, though, Corey, I did want to mention uh, that you wrote about him earlier this season. Yeah, um, I think it was like March, or I don't even remember. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, it but long ago. but yeah. it it might have been in March. I don't know that like, yeah. <laughs> but which isn't that long ago, right? I don't know. The, the months are all kind of mashing <laughs> together at this point. I don't know what 
today is. But um, I actually really, really loved your article. And I read it again um, on purpose just because as we were doing this deep dive, I wanted to kind of keep in mind of some of the things that you brought up. Right. And I and to be fair, actually, well, not for me to be fair, but I think your article was fair. Um, I think obviously we try to be positive and highlight uh, the strengths of these players, but also, you know, there are things for them to work on. And um, that's why for initially I thought we were going to talk about the shooting first, but I like that we're doing passing. And the thing with Ant Black that stuck out to me, number one, is that he's a he's a pass first guy. Um, you, you mentioned some of the names before, guys like a John Wall, guys like a Ben Simmons, right? Um, in, in your piece, you even mentioned like Alonzo Ball type of guy. Mm-hmm. But he truly is. And you mentioned Halliburton as well. But he truly is a pass first guy. And, um, you know, if you are going to pull up Ant Black on YouTube and you watch just the highlights, I think sometimes there are players where highlight videos can truly undersell uh, the nuance and the greatness of their ability. And I think Ant Blank is one of those guys because he does, he clearly had some highlight worthy passes throughout the season. But the beauty about of Ant Black's game is that um, he's really good at the mundane stuff as well. He's good at making the extra pass. He's really good at getting into getting a pass uh, in terms of accuracy, getting a pass to a shooter's pocket where they want to catch the ball and where they're effective. Um, I, I think there are small details that he really does well that I think could be kind of lost in the sauce sometimes when you just watch highlight videos. So I, I'm not trying to slight anybody that catches up with highlight videos. I mean, we make them ourselves, like the one you're playing right now that uh, shouts to Tyler Rucker for putting together all the time. But um, I, I did want to mention, first off, with Ant Black, that there is a beauty in the simple stuff uh, that he does consistently on the court. Yeah, 100%. I agree. It's it's that I mean, you know, he has the feel. He plays .5 basketball, and we'll show some of that stuff in in clips when we go in depth, as we are now. But um, you know, you mentioned, you know, in my article, I one of the things I've been trying to do with my writing this year for this draft cycle is not just give a scouting report, um, because I think sometimes when we do that, uh, you know, it could be like, how's this working at the college level? And and that's not what we're evaluating necessarily. We're evaluating what these guys are are going to be or potentially could be as professionals. So in a lot of ways, I look for the NBA skills um, and try to project those forward instead of only, you know, just breaking down strengths and weaknesses because some of the strengths and some of the weaknesses might not matter at the next level, but what are the strengths and weaknesses that do matter? So I I've been, you know, looking for clips and trying to figure out, you know, I'm a comps guy. What guys do they play, play like? And I think, you know, with ant black, you see, um, a lot of other NBA players. And, you know, this clip here, he's getting downhill, comes off a double screen. And this is just a beautiful, beautiful pass that we see from NBA guys. So, you know, comes off, reads the the rotation, and perfectly hits that weak side shooter. And one of the things with Arkansas this year, if you watch, you know they didn't have a lot of shooting, a lot of floor spacing. The fact that he's able to manipulate defenses, get downhill so consistently, was really impressive. And uh, this is a play that, you know, every good NBA guard is going to need in their bag. Um, you know, you you have to be able to read that weak side corner and and find your shooters. He does a terrific job here. And what I love about this pass so much is how the ball floats in the air. Mm. You know, it's like Henry Rowan Gardner in Rookie of the Year. Like, it's just so soft. Um, It's easy to catch. It's right in the shot pocket. And it just makes it easier on your shooters when you have guys who 
can make these kinds of reads. Now you mentioned um, uh, a Tyrese Halliburton, and I think he's shown consistently. Let's go back to his college tape, same side of the floor, finds his shooter. You know, it does. It's nothing like you said. It's it, this doesn't look that crazy necessarily. Um, it is a more difficult pass than you probably want to give it credit for. You know, Halliburton breaks the defense. He's not coming off a screen. Same side, he's able to make the read because he has the court awareness to know where his shooters are. Very similar scenario uh, here. Let's go back a little bit. Lonzo Ball, another guy that you mentioned, another guy I mentioned uh, in my article. Um, Lonzo's going to come. He's going to reject the screen, but same collapses the defense, finds his shooter, weak side of the court. He knows where his, his guys are. Now, you know, Lonzo in the NBA is not necessarily a guy who, like, pressured the rim a ton um, in the half court, right? He's much more of a transition piece, uh, a guy who's a connective piece, a connective tissue, and I think Ant Black has a lot of, of that in him. You know, the title of my piece was uh, Ant Black Connects the Dots. And um, this is much more of a creation thing that he, you know, does from time to time. But you see the similarities in these kinds of passes, right? And we'll go back to the clip with Ant Black. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very, very similar stuff. Yeah. And, and Corey, the, the thing that if we just focus on uh, this one clip here, <clears throat> the thing that I like that you mentioned is, um, and you wrote about this in your piece too, Ant Black, the rim pressure with him is insane. Um, if you've ever played pickup and they're, they're just some guys that they just get to the rim at will and they do it a lot and they're really good at it. And that's kind of Ant Black where he's such a good, he's so good at attacking the rim and coming off that screen. He just takes one step towards the rim and that defender, he's, he's scared. He has to step up. Right. And Ant Black, he knows that he, he knows what his gravity is. We talk about shooting gravity all the time. His rim pressure stuff is yeah. electric. And so as he's getting downhill for him, I think he, he already knows, like he knows he's going to get by off the screen. He knows he's going to take one step in and he, the, uh, the weak side help is going to come. And it's just an easy pass for him. And Corey, like you said, this doesn't look like the most advanced, most special pass. I mean, maybe draft Twitter. Most of draft Twitter would lose their minds over a pass like this, right? <laughs> Weak side corner hit. But um, just a really good, really, really good pass. And he does a really good job of leveraging that rim pressure, his ability to get to the rim and finish at the rim, which we'll talk about later. Um, all of that really helps. And this is a high-level read, really good pass, and one that he makes consistently, which I think also needs to be focused on as well because we can highlight one or two that a guy might make, but he does it all the time. And I think that's important for us to emphasize as well. Yeah. And that rim pressure is something he's able to generate with a shaky jumper. Yeah. Right. He's still able to get to his spots. He doesn't look like he's the quickest burstiest guy, but he kind of is, and he's strong and he's big and he's tall. So when he does get downhill, he can make these hard passes in this clip that we're watching. Now he's starting out on the right side on, on the right wing. Um, little jab step uses burst to get to a spot. And then not only can he see over the defense, but he uses a little jump pass to, you know, give that extra space that he uses to create, which is something that some people might complain about. But I think when you have such high feel and you know what you're doing and you know where guys are, that jump pass could be a weapon. Who's a guy that loves utilizing that jump pass. Tyrese Halliburton, same thing, right wing, 
gets in the air, collapses the defense, finds a shooter on the weak side wing. Um, this is something, you know, one of the things when, when I was doing this piece on Anthony Black um, and I was looking at at Halliburton's um, college tape, I can't believe that I didn't have Halliburton high. <laughs> this dude was so fucking good in college and i'm just like why didn't i think any of this was gonna translate like it's so it's so it was so clearly in my head about some of the the shot creation stuff because i bought i also bought him as a shooter yeah you know like um i i just don't know how i didn't have this guy higher how he went where he did he was so clearly going to be the player that he turned into i I, looking back i I don't think that it's as much of a surprise but um you know this particular play here very similar to the anthony black clip that uh we showed and you know we'll throw back on on the screen Corey, i I just knew heading into this pod that we would talk about Halliburton because you mentioned him in your piece and he's a guy that you know that I talk about all the time that I'm completely whiffed on he was a guy that I was concerned about the shot um, which was dumb because it went in all the time when he was in college too and as you've mentioned many times since then at the top it looked fantastic even though you know there are some quirky things about his shot Um, and I feel it feels terrible even now but we were (laughs) we were still learning and you know getting better at being evaluators I don't know Corey I I think maybe we just missed but I will say Corey watching Anthony Black and thinking back and and reading your article and all the clips that you posted of Halliburton um, I feel like Anthony Black is one guy that I don't think we're going to miss on Um, I think he's someone that we're pretty accurate in saying that he's going to be pretty damn good in the NBA now of course do you want to say as you've mentioned already as well uh, his shooting is not anywhere near Halliburton's shooting was and no. is now. Um, but but the 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 caveat is that he does he did in college at least and I think he will in the NBA. His rim pressure stuff was amazing, Corey. And I know I mentioned yeah. it before and you talked about it now. But also like part of that was he's so good with the speeds. Um he he's such a savvy guy. Um, a guy that knows how to mix up speeds and use his burst to his advantage. And he's not a one speed only guy, right? He knows how to mix things up and keep people on their heels. So um, I, I think just want to say, man, uh, now you're playing a clip. Okay. This is fun. Yep. Sick po- pick and roll, sick pass on the inside. And that's some of the, this is some of more the highlight worthy stuff. That's really awesome with him. Right. But um, yeah, I'll let you go, but this is really, really sick pass here. Yeah. But I, you know, it, it's sick, but it's also, it's something that I want to show because it's something that I think he's going to be able to utilize in the NBA is it's, it's height. It's him being really tall, being able to see over the double team. You know, when that big is showing uh, he doesn't have to panic because he could see over the defense because he is tall. Um, and in doing so, you know, there's no help at the rim. He fires a perfect ball and he's able to, you know, get his his role man uh, a really easy bucket at the hoop. Um, and that's something that, you know, we see all the time, the, the best passers. And you look at his his assist numbers and they don't blow you away, but it's college, you know, and he shared the ball handling duties with other guards. And, you know, it's a whole thing. But you just watch the tape and you're like, this is a high level, high feel passer and it's stuff like this that's really encouraging because again we see it from a lot of guys who have had success success in the nba halliburton here you know sees over the top of the defense um hits his role man right you know very similar in the way they did it 
you know, big steps up a little bit later. He's kind of in a drop, but like he's Halliburton's tall for, you know, a, a guard as well. And that helps him, you know, deal with maybe some of the, the worries that we had for him. Um, you know, we, we see Lonzo here, you know, same thing, you know, tall guy doesn't have to panic necessarily can see over the defense, get the ball to where he has to go. He's got good feel, good timing. He could fit it right there. That's the kind of stuff that we see from ant black. Yeah, no, I, and Corey, we've mentioned it already, but the accuracy with the passing was awesome too. Um, and he, me- he measured in at what? Six, five without shoes. Six five and a half, yeah. So you know, figure yeah, probably six, six seven in shoes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his it's wingspan, a- wingspan, six seven and a half wingspan. Yeah. You know, not yeah. alligator arms, but sure, you would have liked if he was like six ten, six eleven. Would have been nice. Would have been nice for <laughs> sure. But I mean, we can live without it. And the thing with him is, you mentioned the height and the size with him. It clearly is is to his advantage. And something that I know we're going to talk about later as well is he is. Uh, a lot more athletic than people I think are giving him credit for. He really is. Now, you know, you mentioned Amen Thompson already and people be like, dude, Amen is like 10 times an athlete. And I won't argue the fact that Amen is a better athlete, but I don't think that there is a huge gulf in between the two athletes. Anthony Black is very athletic and we'll, you'll see it later when we do some of the rim attack stuff, like he can really get up and dunk it on people and stuff. But um, I, Corey, I, I love everything that you said, man. He, he can clearly read and process over the defense um a guy that as you mentioned 0.5 basketball um i'm just watching the denver lakers series they they can't stop talking about Jokic, right and the way that he sees the floor the way that he processes the game there's a lot of value to being able to think the game fast as Corey, you love to say all the time right you may yeah. not play it all the fast but if you think the game fast you're playing fast enough or i, I, I totally yeah, butchered you, that you think the game if you think the game fast you can play the game slow there it is okay so <laughs> I was not close. Um, but uh, with Anthony Black, he thinks the game really, really fast. Um, like a Jokic, I'm not saying he's on, he's at the same level, but like a Jokic, he sees the whole floor. He's anticipating things two, three steps ahead of the t- ahead of time, and he's just a guy that, you know, it feels like it, it's hard to stop what he's doing because he's thinking the game so fast. So with what you were saying about the height and all that, it, it, it really becomes deadly because of also how fast he's thinking the game. Yeah. And, and that goes into like him playing with pace, right? You don't always have to feel rushed like his teammate, Nick Smith, a lot of times, like the game was too fast for him. So he looked sped up. If you look at how he's operating in this possession that we're playing here against Kentucky, as he, you know, comes off, this ball screen, he's just playing with the big, just timing it perfectly until his, his big is then rolling in the paint. And, you know, it's hard for the weak side guy. He he doesn't know when to commit. He also knows that, you know, he ants perfectly capable of making that weak side corner hit. So he's got to play the, the split, the difference game the right way, but just the way he's up and down different speeds, different change of pace, perfectly hitting his man. Um, Let's go back to Tyrese Halliburton here. Different speeds. Little drop-off pass right to his man in the middle of the lane. And it just makes it hard for the defense to guard you when you're playing at those different speeds, the stop-start, all of that stuff. So, yeah, you don't have to be this athletic, bursty freak. Obviously, you want a, a baseline level of athleticism, and, you know, Ant Black has that, and will show some of, you know, his dunks. You know, he a good amount of dunks got to the free throw line a ton 
Um, so obviously he was able to pressure the rim, but just the way that these high level, high IQ guards are able to play with pace and play with the defense and manipulate them. That's the kind of stuff that we see, I think, translating to playoff basketball now where, you know, th- when the game slows down, how are you able to manipulate it when it slows down? Cause you can't always use just, you can't make it a layup line, you know, like you maybe can at certain times during the regular season or at lower levels. And I think Ant Black is going to have that. And when I think of him in, in NBA spacing, you know, I, I think spread court shooters, I, I think he's going to look just so good in, in that scenario. I do want to say, I, I think it's really important that we started with the playmaking because um, people are going to be really quick to be like, dude, you guys were so critical of Amen Thompson and his shooting. Well, Anthony Black isn't the best shooter either. Why are you guys kind of giving him a pass? I, I think there is a, a little, not, not a difference per se, but I think it's good that we're prefacing the shooting with all of this stuff because I, I do feel like he has an answer if that makes sense. I I think he, uh, although there are going to be concerns about his shooting because of what he offers as a passer, what he's doing with his IQ, as you just mentioned, right? How he's manipulating things with his pace and with his, with his smarts and, you know, just the timing of it. Sorry, excuse me. With all his, the timing stuff, I think it really does kind of help with the concerns with his shooting right the rim pressure stuff is really really important the pace that he plays with really important um also we haven't talked about well we're gonna talk about it later more but his off ball stuff is good too where he may not offer a ton as a shooter but he's a good cutter off the ball as well so um i just kind of want to preface all that all we're about to say later about the shooting by saying he's less of a concern for me with his lack of shooting because of all the stuff that we're talking about right now for sure a quick processor you know he just he has a good court awareness even when he's off the ball um right here we mentioned the 0.5 basketball the quick decisions you know we see the same thing it's split screen with Halliburton ball fired at the top of the key and it takes literally a half a second for Halliburton and Anthony Black in the clip to figure out that somebody's open as the defense is rotating and it's a, a quick decision if it's if the decision is thought out any longer that ball is a turnover but right to where uh, it goes right where it needs to be. That's really, really high level stuff. And, you know, one more, you mentioned just the unselfishness. Yeah. Everything might not be flashy, but he's a guy who's just going to make the quick decision and the easy play. And this last clip here um, of his playmaking uh, split with Halliburton is just making the one more pass to the corner where, yeah, might be a good shot, from Halliburton or Anthony Black here, but they turned into a great shot because the guys that are the one pass away, they're wide, wide open. Um, So they're guys that are going to turn good to great. And that's the kind of stuff that I think is really, really important when, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, these guys as NBA prospects, as playmakers, they're they're You want guys who are going to get you great looks. Yeah, and Corey, when we're talking about basketball at the highest level, uh, even the smallest of margins mean a ton. I mean, that's essentially what you're looking about, what, looking for when we're talking about the top 1% of basketball on planet Earth, right? Every small margin, every little advantage that you can find is really, really important. And I think what we're talking about here with Anthony Black, right, and his ability to make these 
taking what, as you mentioned, right, a good look, turning that into a great look may feel like a small margin, but means a lot in the NBA. And it's something that you see consistently in the NBA. And, you know, the the play that you showed before with the bullet passes, the 0.5 stuff, um, if you watch any Indiana Pacers basketball, that's the type of stuff that Halliburton is doing all the time, even now. Um, it wasn't a college ex- exclusive thing where he tapped into some stuff on Marbury, Jason Williams energy. Um, he does it all the time in the NBA as well and is really really important to his success so just wanted to throw that in there like ultimately we're talking about the highest level of basketball on planet earth and any margin of advantage you can find is worth a ton and i think anthony black's going to offer that with his playmaking yeah undoubtedly um all right let's let's talk about the shooting all right because yeah the rim pressure is great the playmaking's great the defense is going to be great uh ultimately his ceiling will be dictated by what kind of level he can get to as a shooter. Now in the preseason, we were like, I think it's workable, right? You know, I, it's not completely broken. There's a good amount of moving parts, but each part isn't necessarily like, um, like it's just, it's disjointed, but each part is kind of fine on its own. Um, but, because the shot is what it is, you know, teams are going to be fine going under ball screens. And he's gonna, the, the big challenge for him is, is going to be like, Hey, can this guy make teams pay when they go under? I, I want to say for all the crap that I've given Amen Thompson and his shooting, uh, Anthony black had some of the rougher, rougher, roughest, misses I've seen from any prospect this season. And, and and I I want to throw that in there. And I'm trying to be fair, right? He did have some really, really gnarly misses. But I think, Corey, what you said in terms of the mechanics of his shot and everything kind of being disconnected, disjointed, I think that is some the, the main issue that we have here. Um, in terms of, like, the mechanics, I think the biggest thing that I saw, Corey, and correct me if I'm wrong, I thought a lot of times his base was really inconsistent. Um, I thought sometimes it was wide, sometimes it was narrow, sometimes it was just right. I thought it was kind of all over the place. Um, I, I've seen in other places people mention that he does shoot the ball like in front of his face a little bit. Um, but I don't know, Corey. At the same time, when it goes in, it looks really good. But, I mean, that's also the case for most people. Like if the ball goes in, everything's going to look <laughs> a lot better. Um, but, well, yeah, it depends. I think, <laughs> I think... Um, like you mentioned, with some fine tuning and a little bit of a nicer connection between his lower half and upper half and everything, um, I think there's potential for him to be decent. Is where I think I'm at right now. Yeah, I I don't. He's never going to be Steph Curry, but I think that there's enough there with his form that he could get to an adequate level enough that you know even if you go under, he could at least make you pay sometimes right like if you're gonna completely treat him like a non-shooter i think the one one of the things that are you know was encouraging about him is that he was willing to take the shots you know there were a lot of times that other guys in this draft guys would go under and it would take a lot to actually get that guy to shoot the ball anthony black is a willing shooter and that means something you, you know because you know like here if you knock this shot down, all right, next time yeah. maybe you don't go under, 
or if you do, maybe you try to get out a little bit quicker and, you know, he's smart enough to kind of take advantage. But yeah, I, I do think there, you know, his base is inconsistent at times. I think his footwork, you know, sometimes it's like a one, two, sometimes it's like a choppy, like hop step. And he's just got to really fine tune stuff. But, you know, I, I think ultimately the off the bounce stuff is really going to come down to just like, is he going to be able to make guys, you know, treat him like uh, they need to defend him? And, and can he punish unders every once in a while? Because I don't think it's going to be a lot of that. I think mostly what it's going to be is he's going to need to be a guy who I think is ultimately playing with like other ball handlers. Um, and he's going to have to make them pay in catch and shoot situations. Now he was a, a 30% shooter, um, from three on the year on, you know, fairly low volume. Um, he was only 32.2% on catch and shoot shots, but 36% on unguarded, which is not great, but not the worst. it's not the worst. Uh, you <laughs> wish it was better, but given, you know, the other tools he has, it's something that you can work with because he's not a finished product. And, you know, I think, you know, you look at a shot like this, which is just a basic spot up shot and you're like, all right, great. Like, you know, that's simple enough, but he also would show stuff like this from time to time where this is kind of like Steph Curry ish Mm -hmm. where, you know, he's, you know, not to compare him to Steph (laughs) here, but just the play type and the way, you know, if, the, the clip that we're playing against LSU, he drives baseline, makes a kick to the weak side of the floor, and then relocates to the corner and doesn't hesitate and just lets it fly. Like, mm-hmm. if he could do that consistently, that's a that's a game changer for him. Corey, I, I think the main point that you're making here, with even with this shot that I think is really important with Anthony Black, which I think leaves us being more optimistic with him, is that he's supremely confident in his game. Um, you mentioned it. He's not afraid to take shots. Um, but that confidence means a lot because what do old school coaches say all the, sh- all the time, right? Shooting is all about confidence. And he's a guy that believes in himself clearly. I mean, that shot that you just showed against LSU, um, not everyone's taken that shot. Um, the relocation was perfect, but also just he shoots it right away. There's no hesitation. No hesitation. No, hesitation. no thought. He's like, dude, I'm going to bang this three. And he absolutely does. And I think that's a really important thing, Corey, because we talk about it all the time when we evaluate shooting. Um, we don't care so much about guys who take a lot of shots and have lower percentages. We do worry more about guys that have lower percentages that didn't take a lot of shots, right? That confidence factor does mean a ton. And I think obviously to go with the eye test and everything else, but with Anthony Black, clearly there are things to work on. And I think Corey, I think you and I are pretty unified in saying that I, I don't think either one of us are saying that this is like a one year fix. I think no. the shooting's going to take, yeah, it's going to take time. Could be two, three seasons later. Really makes me wonder. And Corey, I actually have a question that I wanted to ask before the the draft where Josh Giddy got taken. How did you feel about his job? I don't, we did a pod. I just don't remember what you said, but how did you feel about his shooting heading into the draft? Yeah, I don't remember how I broke it down specifically, <laughs> yeah. but I honestly I probably feel kind of similar to how right. I feel about Anthony Black's. Like, you know, it was like, eh, it's like a, the release is a little low, right? But like, and and it he just looks weird because he's like kind of stiff ish you know like he doesn't have that like natural like yoga flexibility um 
but I think it was like, all right, like this is going to be workable to a point. Now, you know, the OKC Thunder um, hiring Chip England was something I also didn't account for. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I don't think it was broken by any means. And, and also, you know, I think at that time, I don't know if I don't think we obviously didn't pay enough attention to Josh Giddy, but we also didn't have the tools at our disposal that we have now. Like it was much harder for us to find his game film, uh, that MBL film, you know, where now we have like access to synergy and we were scourging like YouTube at the time. And, you know, there were only a few, few games. Um, so I think we have a larger sample to like, kind of really break down ant black stuff than we did Giddy's. But, you know, even at the time it was like, you knew the passing was enough and, and the uh, shot form was workable enough that you're like, this is a guy who's going to go high. I, I even on a, a podcast, uh, I believe it was a Knicks podcast. I predicted that the OKC Thunder were going to take him at six. Right. So Ant Black is another guy, like we said at the top of the show, that I could see something similar happening with him where we're all predicting, you know, Cam Whitmore going to Detroit. But it's like they take ant black instead because you know they're over the the killian you know experiment or something yeah and that's i'm not predicting that but i'm saying something weird like that could happen on draft night with ant because you know he's got the pedigree he's got the tools he's got the stuff that i think coaches are going to love front offices are going to love and the thing that i'll say about ant black sure we've had the privilege of speaking with other players that have played against a bunch of guys in this draft class. And Ant Black is the guy that when I speak to players, they're like, yo, that kid fucking goes. Mm. He's the guy out of all the guys that all of the players are like, he hoops. That kid is, is the real deal. He's tough to deal with. Mm. So, you know, when you have the respect of the players like that, that's, you know, another kind of little piece of the evaluation that you're like, look, sometimes players are not good evaluators, but like these college kids, you know, Ant Black's the guy that they think really play, especially from that team that has a lot of NBA prospects on it. Yeah. And and Corey, the reason why I brought up the whole giddy talk was I, as I was, as we were talking about black shooting, Anthony black shooting, it really reminded me of that time. And the questions that we had about Josh giddy and his shooting, and they weren't like, you know, we were asking critical questions, but it wasn't the thing where we doubted it. Like we, I think we truly believed that he was going to figure it out. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I think we're feeling the same about Anthony black. I think Anthony black clearly has things that he has to clean up things that he has to tidy up as a shooter, some more consistency in certain areas, mechanics of his shot. But I think you and I both believe that he'll get to a decent level and you watch Josh Giddy now and the NBA and his shot has improved. You know, mm-hmm. he is a willing shooter from outside. Does it go in all the time? No, but it is an aspect of his game that he does tap into. And I think Anthony Black's going to be that type of player as well. I think he's going to be able to shoot the ball well enough where it's an ac- an actual part of his game. Um, now, in terms of the mid-range stuff, th- that stuff really wasn't there um, a lot. Um, a really low percentage of it, but it looks like you're playing something here. Rejects a screen coming down. Mid-range jumper looks smooth. well well honestly the mid-range so he only took nine mid-range shots exactly yeah you know there weren't a lot of them available but 56 percent on those mid-range shots he hit five out of the nine and i gotta say when you watch that part of his game it's one of the reasons that i feel you know kind of confident in him as a shooter because that's a part of his game 
that looks a little bit smoother and more put together. Now, maybe a lot of it is because he's doing it off the bounce and because of the distance, he doesn't need to put as much legs and, and, and whatever into it. Um, but some of those possessions, I was like, yo, what? Like that is like all-star level stuff. This clip I'm, I'm playing here. This is about as good as a mid-range possession as you are going to find out of any prospect in this entire draft. It's a masterclass at operating, you know, out of a ball screen and getting to a mid-range shot from the pick and roll setup to getting into the body of the defender as he recovers to create space to the sidestep hop to to open up even more space and then, you know, knocking it down, playing with that big, that big's not going to come out at you and and, you know, contest your shot because he wants to stop you from pressuring the rim. Well, you got to make him pay. And, uh, you know, that, that it's a master class on, on operating out of a ball screen to get a, a mid range look. Yeah, Corey, um, you've mentioned before, um, he played on a team where spacing was a little bit tougher, um, as we saw on synergy and different plays, he only took nine mid range jumpers. So it wasn't heavy volume. Didn't get to show it off a lot, but you watch a shot like this and it looks really fluid. It looks natural. It looks good. Right. So if this is a part of his game that he's going to have in his bag and get to show off more on the next level, then yeah, you you really need to be worried because this may not be three-point shooting, but it is outside shooting. And this is a really, really good looking shot. Okay. Snakes pick and roll. Nice. Really good. It looks ah, damn. It does look good. It does look good. <laughs> We're really talking ourselves into shooting. I- I'm with you. No, I look, there's many aspects of shooting. This volume is so low you can't take anything real from it other than the eye test and you're like, "Hey, he looks pretty comfortable doing it." Now, do I think he's going to be a high volume mid-range player? No, but it's definitely something worth considering to where it's like if he shows this at the next level, you could at least go, "Hey, there were flashes that you could buy into because it looks natural." I mean, again, ball screen snakes it all the way to the elbow, creating the space the big you know doesn't get out to to get a hand up um and by the time the guard recovers from you know the screen and and the snake action like he's at an open spot and and again like in a a, uh an nba offense guys are going to be a little bit more nuanced on the offensive end like nick smith's just kind of in the way like if you if you pause the clip here like he should be flattening out to the corner um which would force his man to go with him right or if he doesn't go with him, he'd be open in the corner. But instead, he just kind of screams like with his hands up to yeah. to get the ball. And and Ant Black doesn't even have as much space as he should have. Mm-hmm. So that goes into showing just like the spacing issues that this team played with a lot as well, which makes different aspects of his game, um, you know, pretty fun to to think about. So look, it this not a real outlook for him something that we expect to see a whole lot but you know at the same time it's not like he doesn't have an in-between game because he does get to his floater he has a good floater you know um case wallace you know one of the draft's best defenders and he uses that little float game gets into his body is physical with him finishes oh. through contact contact that's really nice touch. Now, um, he's not like a crazy, crazy touch guy. 36% on floaters, which is good, but it's yeah. not like, you know, Kobe Bufkin yeah. level. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But you see those flashes of like, he's got the soft touch. I, I remember one from the FIBA tournament that was like, he came off a screen and he did it, shot it from the right elbow and he yeah. floated like a high arcing. I was like, 
oh, I, I'm in on Anthony Black. And we were at Summer League in Vegas with the No Ceilings crew. And I was like, yo, we got to watch Anthony Black tape tonight. And yeah. and it was because of that, you know that particular floater clip that I was like, we're going to love this dude. And um, this is the aspect of his pick and roll game when, when guys are daring him to not or trying to force him to not get all the way to the rim you know he's going to be able to at least get to that floater and use that as a counter for for the way guys guard him yeah and and Corey, it's funny you mentioned that because when we did our preseason pot of him i think we talked so much about the fiba performance from him he played so well in that tournament and you're right man he's he's got really i mean well okay he has good touch i will say with him that i like is that he's ambidextrous um has a really strong left hand um that he used quite often uh, in college and i think he's just going to continue to show that but when you start to combine the toughness the desire to get to the rim the ambidexterity the touch the athleticism that he has um these are all real tools that he has to get to the rim to finish and to uh, draw fouls something that we talk about a lot right um i'm with you I i think he's he's really really good around the rim um and as you mentioned the floater looks good we're looking at one right now. That's a really pretty one. Yeah. Even, even on a miss, yeah. even on a yeah. miss, it's still a, yeah. you know, you see the touch, you see the smarts, the IQ rejecting the ball screen, not afraid as the the big steps up. It's like he knows he's not going to force it and draw a charge. He's going to, you know, confidently get to a little, you know, two foot floater from the free throw line. So even on misses, it, it looks good. It's reason to buy in. So it's like, all right, 36%, not, not the best, but it is a tool for him to use. Even even when he misses, you could at least project that it's something that he's going to improve on going forward. And Corey, I do want to say the thing that I like about him when he attacked the rim was he had good hang time, drew a lot of fouls with that, was really tough, good about finishing through contact as well. Um, not that he's like the most physical driver ever, but it was there. You know, he wasn't I, one of these. Yeah, go ahead. he's pretty physical, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why like he's not shying from the contact ever. Um, and I really like that. Yeah, he's. And let's, you know, get into some of the the downhill stuff now. Um, I don't know. He's relentless attacking the rim. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think he's completely fine with embracing contact. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's why he, he did shoot a good volume of, of free throws this year. Um, you know, 5.3 free throw attempts a game is is a good number. And it's something that, you know, I think helped his his efficiency a lot. Um, but his free throw rate was over 50%, which is like a very, very, very high end number. Right. And, you know, you kind of have to, you know, contest him at the rim that way. Uh, because when he gets downhill, he, he will yam it, you know, like if, if you don't come to the rim, he gets up, he could, you know, one hand, two hands, like he'll go and he'll attack the rim and, and, you know, he'll, he'll try to really throw some shit down. Yeah. Yeah. He's not like the most violent of athletes, but he gets up he gets up plenty good at six, seven, right. With the, with the burst that he has, uh, he definitely gets up. There were a couple of alley-oops. Yeah. That were really nice. Baseline dunks. Really nice. Um, taking the contact. Like you said, I, I just, there's a lot to like, man. And I, I, it's weird. I, I feel like we, 
Well, maybe it's just I haven't heard it. I, I don't want to like accuse people of not talking about it. Maybe I just straight up haven't heard it. And also, notoriously, I'm not really, I, I'm not always listening to other people's pods all the time. Um, maybe I should more. Uh, maybe I need to be more like you, Corey. Um, but <laughs> um, no, clearly, like he he has a strength to him, a physicality. He likes taking contact. Um, he's good. He's physical. I like yeah. it. Look at the touch here too. Yeah. The pace again. Look at how he's setting the defender up. He's he's baiting him. It's like jabbing with the little footwork. Gets right by him too. Blows by him, soft off the glass. You mentioned earlier too that he has the potential to um, finish ambidex with ambidexterity. Uh, you know, this is a, a good example of that with a left hand finish. Gets downhill. He's got that like uh, that cradle move. You know to to keep the ball away from guards that are digging, gets it high up. Soft touch with the left hand. He's not Kyrie. No. You know, like, he was a good finisher this year. Now, certainly helps that he got to the free throw line a ton, but, um, you know, 58.3% overall at the rim, 56% in the half court. So he was a good finisher. Not elite by any stretch of the imagination, but again, he also played with pretty shitty spacing so that's something definitely to consider with and um as a finisher but I, I think that he showed you know really high level of like versatility in his finishes um you know right there snaking a ball screen playing with pace like we we talked about i think on some of his misses um he could kind of like change his shot you know like right here He's trying to draw contact instead of just trying to like finish through contact. Mm. He's trying to bait um, the defender and, and get to the line. So he, it, you know, he throws up some, some awkward junk, but uh, that's all the stuff with the ball in his hands. We, you also mentioned that he's a really sharp cutter and, and that feel and, and court awareness, you know, is the reason that, you know, he's able to, to make things happen off the ball. And, you know, one of the things that we love about guys as prospects is when they don't need the ball in their hands to, to get looks right. And he knows right here that when the defender falls asleep um, and he, he just times the cut perfectly, he, he fools the defense mm-hmm. because thinking that he's going to go to a different action. It's just really, really smart, high IQ stuff, man. And it's important stuff, Corey. Like, like we mentioned, like, especially considering his weakness right now. And I think we have to call it what it, it, it is a weakness, right? His shooting, considering that um, him having this type of off ball movement, IQ savvy, all, all this stuff is really, really important. And it's going to help him because if he couldn't shoot and wasn't moving like this on the court, then I think we'd be way more concerned. Right. But the fact that he does create space and create ca- havoc just by moving around and cutting and stuff, I, I think this is really important. High IQ, high IQ stuff that does kind of help alleviate some of the issues with his shooting as an off ball player. So um, obviously, as we mentioned, it's going to take him some time to develop that outside shot. And in the meanwhile, he's going to have to continue to be a smart off ball mover to kind of offset some of the the, the lack of shooting. hundred and ten percent. And I think that we've went on a, a deep dive on the offense, 30, and uh, now it's time to hit the defense, right? Because also part of his intrigue is his his two-way ability, right? Uh, Alan Flanagan here, ISO, hard on the ball, 
kind of trying to to weak him, knows he's a lefty, sends him to, you know, an, an uncomfortable position. And, uh, you know, Flanagan is by no means a shooter, and he forces him into, like, a step-back three off-balance thing. Um, just makes it, – it's it's not fancy, but it's just really solid stuff. He's down in his, his stance, gets up on him to pressure him, knows that the clock is low, knows he's going to be able to force him into a tough shot, good anticipation on the contest, just a really nice possession. I think, Corey, what I wrote in my notes was that he was a really annoying defender, yeah. um, a guy that was never afraid to pick up full court, um, a guy that, as you mentioned, was willing to get into a stance, really active, quick hands, um, a guy that averaged over two steals per game last season. Um, that, that type of stuff works. That type of stuff plays in the NBA, considering he's six seven as well and athletic. Now, as you know, we, we've mentioned he doesn't have the greatest wingspan on planet Earth, but um, it's good enough. And the fact that he can move his feet, that he can flip his hips a little bit, that he has that athletic ability, the awareness, all that. All that stuff comes together and creates a really annoying defender. And that's kind of how I characterized him as I think he was pretty damn annoying and he caused some problems and he made life difficult for a lot of ball handlers. He did. He's also really good um, at getting vertical and using his chest instead of like coming down and swatting down for fouls. Um, And he's slithery. You know, he's got really good feel on the defensive side of the ball here. He's, he's chasing Jordan Hawkins around uh, for a full possession, you know, staying attached to him does a good job getting over. And now he's up in his stance being annoying, quick hands to pick the ball. I mean, I think he had five steals uh, in this UConn game. Um, Jordan Hawkins is not an easy cover. You know, he is the Brad Stevens. He might only average 13 points, but you have to guard him. Like he's averaging 30, right? When he, when Stevens was talking about Kyle Korver, that's, that's Jordan Hawkins. Um, And he made this entire possession, tough from him he's he's touching him he's you know he's getting into his body even when he's off the ball um following him around shadowing him just does a really 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 excellent job um and he just has really quick hands really really good anticipation we see another example of that here uh against case and wallace and kentucky one of the things that i noticed about him as a defender he's really good at playing from behind mm, so yes. he gets hit with a screen Quick hands, forces the ball, strips it off Kaysen's knee, and it's going the other way, right? Like, he just, he knows when to time, when to reach in, and, you know, when to take risks. And, and I think that's a really underrated defensive skill. And, and Corey, to piggyback off your point, right, the, him being good from playing b- from behind, he does a really, like, especially against ball screens, he does a really good job of fighting to get over um, that's something that I noticed. And look, no one's going to be perfect at that. Yeah, like everyone's going to get nailed by a screen once in a while. But I thought Anthony Black, when we talk about his competitive spirit, right? His desire to be what he is. He, he's he's really good at fighting over screens. And you're, you're showing one right now against Baylor guarding Keontae George. This is something that he did all the time that I really, really enjoyed. I, I Once again, I'm not saying he's the greatest screen navigator of all time, but I, I thought he did a really good job of being active, right? Be, being smart about anticipating when the screen's going to come and really making a concerted effort 
pretty consistently to get over the top and as you mentioned do a good job of playing from behind and i think it, it this type of stuff is important because what are you going to see a lot of in the nba you're going to see a lot of ball screens and so <laughs> if you're going to fight to get over consistently and do a good job of that while being pesky and annoying with your hands then that's a really really great skill which once again, also does offset some of the concerns we have about his shooting. Yeah, a hundred percent. The other thing, he's a really versatile defender in, in the types of guards that he can guard. Right? You know, like we just saw him guarding Keontae on this possession. Uh, he's checking Grady Dick. Right? He knows that Grady Dick's a shooter. Can't really, uh, you know, cheat off of him too much. Screen comes, gets a, a piece of the contest. Um sticking through getting over that screen uh i think he did a good job guarding you know smaller guards too as well um texas a&m i think it's wade baldwin um smaller guard checking them right gets over the screen mm-hmm. makes it really difficult sick hands high you know using his chest to get vertical isn't swiping down so i i think he's versatile in in how he could defend the different kinds of guys you can actually put him on, you know, he, I I think he's, he's good at chasing, you know, we saw him do it with Hawkins. Um, We'll see him do it again here against Texas A&M. Like, I I just think he's, he's really crafty. He spins off guys. He gets through, he's strong enough to take contact. And again, just straight up vertical, you know, like he's a really, really good defensive player. Um, And it's like, the only question is the shooting for me. Yeah. yeah. And it's not even, and it's a question that I feel confident in, you know, like that he's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to be, I don't think, think the shot's ever going to get to a point where he turns himself into a number one option. But, you know, I also didn't think Tyrese Halliburton was going to do that. So what the fuck do I know? <laughs> um, We know nothing uh, is the answer <laughs> to that question. But Corey, I'm with you. I, I think, this is one of the cases where you you put everything together, right? You start adding all the pieces and you find out what you have, right? You start getting macro on the type of prospect that we have here. And, and I think the macro bird's eye view of Anthony Black is a really, really good player. A guy that is going to offer you versatility on both ends of the court. Um, right now we're focused on his defense, but obviously with everything that we said with him on offense, adding that to defense, as you said, Corey, I think he's going to really, I think consistently easily he's going to guard one to three. Um, I think fours would be really, really tough for him. Um, but I think one to three, he can guard um, from day one. And if that's the case, then whew, with the passing and the rim stuff at the rim stuff, uh, it's yeah, that's that stock price of eight point something starts to make a lot more sense. Yeah. And it's why I could see him, a team falling in love with him and him even going higher than than that stock price. Um because he's got just so many fun aspects to his game. All right. Uh, if you're buying stock in Anthony Black, who may you have bought stock in previously, I think you know we could figure out mine based on the first half of this podcast. Tyrese Halliburton, a little bit of Alonzo Ball. Uh, I also think he's got some, you know, Derek White to him, uh, where you know he serves as more of a connector. Derek White has turned himself into a good shooter. 
wasn't always a good shooter. It took him a while. Now he's a guy who you feel confident in uh, hitting spot up shots and, you know, does a lot of smart things as a connective piece. You know, that's kind of, you know, the low end, I think, of what Anthony Black projects to be. Be high end. You could see him as that Lonzo Ball esque connector. Lonzo, a, a guy who was a good shooter in college, but we knew that shot probably wasn't going to translate, didn't translate, totally, totally re shot turned himself into a good enough shooter on high volume that he became, you know, basically the reason uh, the Bulls were, went from a mediocre team to a really, really good team. And since he has been injured, the Bulls have been a really, really mediocre team. So, um, you you know, if, if he gets his shot to, to Lonzo's level, obviously we're talking about an elite, elite glue guy connector. And then, you know, if he ever develops any kind of off the bounce game, there's that, kind of Halliburton upside, but he's got much, he was been, he was much better at pressuring the rim attacking than Halliburton. So there, there is an aspect of his game where you don't have to get to that high level to see him turning into, you know, kind of like an all-star level player. Um, if he could still pressure the rim, get downhill as much as he does while offering all of this stuff, you know, you could see that path for him too. There's a bunch of paths for him to be a really good NBA player. There are just levels to his ceiling um, that make him really intriguing because I think he could hit a ceiling. Yeah. Corey, I, I think this this one was a little bit harder for me just because you picked so many good guys um, in your piece and then you just did a great job of explaining all that just now. Um, I thought of a guy that, you know, is uh, very recent. A guy who, I mean, I generally go 90s, but a guy that just went in the draft last year uh, that went to your team. Uh, Dale and Terry, right? They mm-hmm. look very different as players, but functionally, I think there is some similarity, right? With the passing and the playmaking and yep. the off-ball stuff and all that stuff. So I, I thought of Dale and Terry. Also thought of like, you know, discount generic brand Jason Kidd. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not saying that he's at Jason Kidd's level, but, you know, we had similar concerns about Jason Kidd. Well, not that I was old enough to even do draft evaluations when Jason sure. got drafted, <laughs> but uh, he came into the league, um, you know, not having the sweetest shooting jumper and all those things. But the playmaking stuff was really high, and the play uh, the IQ was high, and all that stuff. So those are some names that came to mind. Obviously, not perfect comps, but I think the guys that you picked were really, really solid. Yeah, and I, I mean, obviously, you could see some of the Jason Kidd stuff. Uh, even if he's not going to be a, a Hall of Fame guard. But, you know, why put a ceiling? We don't do that at no ceilings, right? Uh, there's a reason that he is projected to go eighth. That could mean maybe he slips a little bit or maybe he goes higher than we expect. But the draft is a wild card and we never know. But I think that whatever team ultimately does land him is going to get a really, really good, interesting player. So with that said, Albert, it's time for you to sell me this pen on Anthony Black. <clears throat> All right. Um, so I think the best place to start is I think NBA teams like smart players. I really do believe that. I think NBA teams are looking to raise the overall uh, medium IQ of their teams. And I think Anthony Black, the, where you want to start with him is that he's an incredibly intelligent player, a guy who is a gifted athlete, a guy who can really pass the ball, but his overall awareness, vision, IQ on both ends of the floor is what I think what makes Anthony Black really special. And the cherry on top with him really is his competitive spirit. This is a really smart player, but a really smart player that also plays really, really hard and is afraid of nobody. And so we just gave you over an hour of, 
uh, analysis on his game. But the main point that I want to drive home with our listeners is that he's an extremely intelligent player that is afraid of no one, that is always going to play really, really hard. So if you take all the gift gifts and talents that he has um, on a technical level and you add that to the IQ and the competitive spirit that he has, we're talking about a really, really good player that you probably want to invest a top 10 pick on. You definitely, I think, want to invest a top 10 pick, potentially higher. What, are there any teams that you think, you know, in that top 10 that he would really make better? So you mentioned one already, the Wizards. Yep. What do we think about the Rockets? Court. I was going to say the Rockets. Yeah. I think we got to start thinking about Anthony Black at as early as number four. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. you don't draft for fit. You draft for talent. Yes. And I think that there are four players that are clearly more talented than Anthony Black. That I have in my own, personally, I have in a different tier. Yeah. And that's Victor, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Jarris. and Jarris Walker. However, I think that after five or at five, for me personally, I think all of those, the rest of those guys are in a very similar tier where I have some serious questions about their games and I could see them not living up to the new car smell that they have right now as we're in the dealership and they're looking pretty in the lot. But as soon as we drive it off the lot, that value goes down. Mm-hmm. I think all of those guys have that kind of potential to, you know, kind of not live up to to the hype. And at four, I think if you're the Rockets, if I'm just like, and look, they, they're probably going to sign James Harden and the point will be moot. But like, theoretically, if they don't get Harden, Anthony Black next to Jalen Green makes so much sense to me. Like, you don't want to take, like, he's a guy that I think would just make all of the Rockets better. What have we been, has, not me personally, but what have have most people been clamoring for, for Jabari Smith for two years? What are, what were the excuses as to why he couldn't, you know, create his own shot or whatever? It's, oh, his guards don't know how to find him in his spots. Well, Anthony Black would know how to find him in his spots. Mm -hmm. Um, Jalen Green. You know, 6'3", 6'4", guard, sleight of frame. Makes a lot of sense to put a big initiator next to him. A lot of people are probably saying, that sounds like Amen Thompson. Maybe it will be. But we're talking about Anthony Black. <laughs> a guy who could pressure the rim, who's a good defender, who yeah. would push the pace. Be You yeah. know, I, he would be a lot of fun for a lot of the same reasons that Amen would. Uh, Anthony Black would make a lot of sense in Houston. Corey, I just want to say, like, we talk about high IQ stuff. Like, can you imagine some of the basketball sex they would create with Alperone, <laughs> Shangun, and Anthony Black together doing yeah. stuff? And, and Corey, I love, I absolutely freaking love what you're saying right now because it goes to my point that I've been making now for about a week in that don't freaking fall 
for the group think shit. Like just because you keep seeing certain names at a certain level or a certain tier on 50 different mock drafts and big boards doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen the day of. Like I want to really nail that point because that's something that I continue to remind myself of all the time because I see our mock our, our mock drafts, our big boards. I look at different outlets and what they're doing and I have to continue to remind myself just because I see a certain player in a certain range doesn't mean that player is going to go in that range. So just because you see Amen Thompson going to the Rockets in every other mock draft <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen, guys. And I want to just kind of throw that out there again. Yeah, because look, teams have their own boards. And at the end of the day, like all it takes is one decision maker on a team to go rogue and throw off everybody else's board. You know, like the the evaluators in the room aren't looking at these mocks and going, well, this guy is mocked six or Cam Whitmore is marked, mocked fifth to the Pistons. So we got to take Cam Whitmore if he's on the board. Like they don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like they all have been evaluating these guys for far longer than you could imagine. Like the they have been watching these guys since they were kids in high school, they know these guys' games. They have their own feelings towards these guys. They're not necessarily getting swayed by the mock drafts. Now, maybe an owner who who isn't paying attention and doing that work, maybe they're getting swayed by a mock draft in certain scenarios, but like probably not the owners, um, you know, at this part of the draft with Anthony Black. So I I think that he'd be great in Houston. I think he'd be great in Utah at nine. I think he'd help the Wizards a little bit if they're going to continue going on their trajectory. Um, but I just love his game. I think he's going to be really valuable. And um, he's going to be a guy that you know we think of, and he's like, he's on a lot of winning teams. The final expert analysis point we'll give you guys is that we think Anthony Black is really good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes that's all it takes, man. Um all right, uh, we have uh, a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline in the No Ceilings world, so stay locked into the social medias at No Ceilings NBA. Make sure you subscribe to NoCeilingsNBA.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure that you give us a like and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this on your pod uh, on your podcast feed, make sure you subscribe, share, rate, and review. Five stars really helps your boys out. Um, and again, a lot of good stuff over the next month. So stay locked in. You do not want to miss it. Albert, tell the good people of the World Wide Web where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter. You can find me at GTG NBA on uh, Instagram. Uh, before we go, I wanted to give a special shout out to Kevin Park uh, from a, a Bit NYC clothing brand. He hooked me up with this beautiful hoodie i'm trying to show off the design here that he hand oh or embroidered? This is like yeah this is embroidered it is stunning this is a beautiful beautiful hoodie does incredible work check out a bit a b i t a bit nyc uh, on instagram i believe is the handle uh, but he's creating some really really beautiful pieces and i told him i'd give him a shout out on the pod so wanted to do that to close shout out to a bit nyc um, you can follow me at Corey Tulliba, uh, NBA Draft Dude, on all the things. And uh, until next time, guys, um, where I think we're going to have an exciting episode. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, keep you on your toes. 
Until next time, guys, we're out. Peace. Peace.